your blood runs orange and blue. Orange and blue. blue. This, this is the pod, is the for, pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. It's a hard Knicks life for the Knicks owner. What's up? This is EJ Stewart joined by Tommy Beer. This is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast with Odyssey WFAN original. We have plenty to get to on this show. We will be talking about this very widespread, uh, wide-ranging interview that James Dolan, the Knicks owner, did with the New York Times talking about his displeasure, quite frankly, with being uh, the Knicks owner. So we'll talk about all the things he said in this uh, New York Times article. We'll also talk about a very interesting conversation about Giannis Antetokounmpo. It seems like the Knicks are indeed closely monitoring the words used by Ian Bagley. What's going on in Milwaukee? Giannis continues to kind of chirp about maybe he's not as committed to the Bucks as maybe Bucks fans would want him to be. So we'll give you the latest on that as well. And we've been calling the Knicks the CAA Knicks pretty much since Julius Randle and uh, Jalen Brunson and Derrick Rose and Noel and all these guys. All these guys that have joined the Knicks, of course, Tom Thibodeau, uh, all becoming members of the Knicks since, of course, Leon Rose's uh, hiring as Knicks president. Well, one major factor or major point of those uh, of those Knicks CAA jokes is apparently leaving the agency. So what does that mean for the player's future? What does that mean for the Knicks' future? We'll talk about all that in a very important update on the podcast coming up right after this. So like I said, uh, this is Orange and Blue Bloods, EJ Stewart, Tommy Beer coming at you. And we got plenty to talk about today, Tommy. And I'm excited to get to these topics because this is a, a much different podcast than the last podcast we had where we're leading with Ryan Archidiakno. Pretty big stuff on today's episode. But we have maybe maybe even bigger news than uh, the news that's on this episode so i want you tommy to get to take the floor um and, and then first of all how you doing and what's up sure yes doing well um but yes as ej teased uh unfortunately my time on the pod is winding down um speaking with the guys this week i just kind of uh with the school year starting and as, as i explained to them it's just kind of some family stuff that that's coming up uh taking my son and daughter both to school picking them both up um and as you guys know um family first all, all that good stuff so uh yes as as i explained to uh, ej and, and our producer jim um this has been such an incredible experience and i loved every minute of it and i wish i could continue um but i know going forward that i wouldn't be able to really de- devote 100 percent of myself um and, and that's exactly what ej deserves and the pod deserves so um you guys will be in good hands certainly going forward pod isn't going anywhere i'm not going anywhere um I'll be around. I'll hop on from time to time. Um, uh, I think we're going to try to keep it in the family in terms of another co-host. We'll we'll see how it all plays out. Obviously, you guys will be in the loop. Um, But um, yeah, love love you guys. Love all you guys. I'll be back next week as well. Um, And like I said, this is just um, kind of a a stepping away, not breaking up. Um, just, uh, you know, just, just a little bit of space, a little bit of time um, as I figure things out on my end and, uh, you know, we'll be in touch, obviously. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's obviously, you know, sad news. You know, this show we've had together, Tommy, has been phenomenal. I, I think that a lot of the Knicks fans who have listened have enjoyed. And, look, I, I cannot say enough, again, uh, how great Tommy's been on the show, professionalism, uh, the content, 
and just overall really becoming a friend. You know, this is someone that I admired in this industry for so long and to be able to work with them and, and to get to know Tommy the way I have over this last year has been outstanding. So I am, I'm very sad to see him go, but uh, knowing how much Tommy is devoted to his family and loves his family, I cannot uh, gripe or, or moan or complain at all about Tommy uh, stepping away from the show. I appreciate the kind words about the show moving forward. And yes, the show is not going anywhere. Uh, the show will still happen in the same time as it's supposed to happen. I'll be holding down the fort. There will be a co-host at some point in time. We'll have to figure out when. Hopefully it's soon. If it's not soon, I'll still be holding down the fort. We'll have plenty of guests over the course of uh, these however many weeks or months it is. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's sad to see Tommy go. And we'll have a farewell episode next week. Um, we have two more episodes with Tommy after today, so we'll have this one, and we'll have a, a normal-ish episode, and then we'll have a farewell episode, uh, barring any crazy breaking news the Knicks, uh, the following uh, episode after that. So, um, so again, I can't thank Tommy enough, and, and we'll have more of the thank yous and the goodbyes for the for the for the later episodes. But we did want to make sure you guys were up to date on on the future of Andrew Blue Bloods in that regard. So anyway, this is Orange and Blue Bloods again, New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey, WFAN, and, and original podcast. You can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Be sure to hit the auto download feature on your streaming service to get these episodes every time we drop. And be sure also check us out on YouTube as well. You can find us on the WFAN channel. Uh, we post the full episodes and short stuff from the, from the episodes on that channel. And wherever you're uh, watching us or listening to us, whether it be on YouTube, whether it be on uh, any of the audio streaming services, make sure you give us a like, make sure you give us five stars on the audio platforms and make sure you give a comment and review on how you're digging the podcast. So uh, let's continue and let's get to some of this big stuff we had this week. So first, um, it's a hard Knicks life again for Knicks owner, James Dolan, who told the New York Times he does not enjoy owning the New York Knicks. So in a sprawling profile by the New York Times that covers everything from the makings of the MSG sphere in Las Vegas, the use of facial recognition technology, and the banning of lawyers and other people at Madison Square Garden. James Dolan admitted that owning the Knicks does not bring him much joy. Uh, he said while uh, the Knicks and Rangers are, quote, near and dear to his heart, he, quote, does not like owning teams. He lamented the mentality of New York sports fans at one point saying basically every fan thinks of themselves as an owner or general manager. Um, this was actually after an interaction with a fan that went up to him at a non-Knicks event, but was, I guess, with a guy from his fan said, let's go Knicks. And Dolan kind of like rolled his eyes and kind of just was like, oh, yes, I understand. Yes, I'm a Knicks owner. So, uh, and, and when asked, you know, how does he feel about this, this was essentially his response, saying that every fan thinks that they're a general manager or an owner. Now, uh, Dolan also claim the economics of owning an, an NBA team or an NHL team are kind of sleepy, are the words he used. Uh, he said it's, it actually kept him from buying baseball and soccer teams. It makes me actually wonder if maybe he was in line by the Mets. <laughs> but that's a, maybe another story for uh, the Rico Brogna podcast by uh, Evan Evan, uh, Evan Roberts. Anyway, uh, Dolan adds, being a professional sports owner in New York, you're not beloved until you're dead, is his quote. So uh, Dolan, among other things, also explained his rationale for ejecting people and banning people from Madison Square Garden who tell him to sell the team or do chants that say sell the team or post signs that say sell the team when they're at Madison Square Garden. Dolan said MSG has a code of conduct that forbids harassment of Garden employees for which he claims to be one of them. Very interesting. He considers himself an employee when he's he owns the building. 
Also interesting that apparently, according to the New York Times, there actually is no code of conduct uh, message that says that you, can, you can't harass garden employees. So I don't know where he got that from. And then uh, lastly, um, he said, look, uh, if you held up a sign that says, you know, play better, this team sucks, you can do that. That's part of being a fan. But uh, zeroing in on criticism of him, he says, is not allowed and bad because it is harassment of an individual, not of the team. So a lot being said by James Dolan. I ask you, Tommy, what do you think of James Dolan's comments? And why do you think he still owns the Knicks if he says that it's not all that joyful? You know, I, I tweeted that there are first world problems, right? And then there are, you know, owning a couple billion dollar franchises can be a little bit annoying sometimes, you know, like it's not that much fun, you know, like I just it's it's another example of how Dolan just, you know, uh, just doesn't understand. Read the room, buddy. Like, you know, this is a lot of people struggling economically, financially. And that's not to suggest that everyone with wealth is automatically happy and they can't right. suffer from difficulties and et cetera. And, and, you know, Dolan has been open about his addiction issues and overcoming yep. them. So. So credit to him for that. Um, but again, that being said, it's hard to, you know, it, it, to listen to somebody complain about, you know, his his daddy gave him the Knicks. You know, you, you're not really allowed to complain. If it's something that you don't enjoy doing, sell the team. Um, you know, there are plenty of other, you know, interested individuals that would happily put together a financial package. You know, obviously he doesn't need, the answer to your question is as to why he doesn't sell the Knicks is because he doesn't need the money, you know. Um, and, he, and he clearly right. enjoys it, I think more than he kind of lets on. I think he enjoys the power that comes from it. Um, you know, exactly. a lot of the other businesses are, are back end and, you know, there's not the high visibility of it. Um, if, if all these sentiments were true, he did, there's not a lot of owners that sit front row center underneath the basket. You know, there's a, a Cuban and, and some others, but they like the spotlight. They enjoy the yeah. celebrity. Um, they enjoy the attention. There's plenty of other owners that have never, you never see them at the games, never see them with their arms folded or crossed or, or causing a controversy. Um, so there's a lot here that, that Dolan says, that I just, I don't agree with. Um, again, that, you know, it's, it's sort of neither here nor there from a Knicks perspective, as I have said on this pod and in years going back and back, the Knicks have a lot of problems and Dolan, you can trace the Knicks lack of success this century to Dolan's ownership of the team. That being said, he doesn't, he's not worried about luxury tax. He's not, you know, he's not yeah. looking to, to turn a profit. He's willing to spend as much money as the people in charge, the people that he's hired, tell him to. His issue has been hiring people, um, the wrong people for the, for the most important jobs. And then even when those people show themselves to not be successful in that role, the Isaiah Thomases, et cetera, yeah. um, maintain, you know, keeping them in those positions. Um, yeah. So that, that's kind of where the, the situation for, for my end, um, you know, the, his words don't necessarily match his actions. Yeah, it's it's funny. I think you were hit the nail right in the head when you said he enjoys the power. I think that's why he oh, he likes owning it, why he still owns it, whether he likes it or not. I think that there's a point part in there where, you know, they talk about, you know, why does he so such a, such a willingness to fight? And his thing was like, well, if you show a willingness to fight, it lets people know that essentially not to mess with you. <laughs> and that's why he's willing to make the even the pettiest of fights go all the way to the length because maybe it maybe in his eyes, avoids the bigger fights i don't i don't know he's had some he, he lost a 10 million dollar lawsuit to anuka brown simpson um so i don't i don't i mean that seems pretty big and to your to your point about you know hiring the wrong people you know here he, he still still is on this thing about how he the mass square garden was wrong and he was wrong in a verdict that you know basically confirmed that there was sexual harassment of an employee 
especially in this time and age, time and day and age, very disheartening to say the least. I think in terms of him owning the Knicks, this is the first time I think for me that I really think that this is a, not a non. This is no longer a just for the foreseeable future thing that he's going to be the owner. I, I actually do think that he will end up selling this team. 10 years, maybe. I don't know. I just don't. This this to me just doesn't seem like something that he's going to want to just keep and hold on to until he's dead. I mean, the fact that he even said that, you know, people only love you until you're dead. I think that that's him. I think saying that he's thought about like what his life looks like for the rest of his life as Nick's owner. And he realizes that there's nothing that will be good for him in terms of how he is viewed. And I'd argue that maybe that's not true. I think if he won a championship. I think that a lot of the criticism, a lot of the weight would like a lot of that would definitely come to a simmer. It may not go completely away. Again, there have been true wrongs done by Madison Square Garden, but you win a championship with Madison Square Garden in New York City, especially with the Knicks. I mean, you're an icon. It doesn't matter who you are, how you did it, or what your transgressions were before. I, I do think, though, that this was kind of him kind of dipping his toe in the idea that, like, this is not something I really enjoy. And I don't know how much longer I'm going to be. Uh, willing to do this and we've seen those like rumblings from like the bill simmons of the world and other people that keep saying the word amongst the billionaires is that like the knicks will be for sale at some point but then like he james Dolan comes out and just quelches that i can't imagine that simmons and these other folks are hearing that from nowhere they gotta be getting it from somebody so i think what what i think we learned what maybe bill simmons and all these other people know is that these people in the billionaire circles knows how much james Dolan dislikes the the things that come with only the knicks and they're surmising that he'll eventually sell a team and listening to him in this, I think that he will as well. Now he's not going to give him a mass square guard. That's never going to happen because it's a, it, right. it just, it prints money. Yeah. But I think the ownership of the teams and we saw that separation between MSG sports and MSG entertainment happen a couple of years ago. I think, I think that that is coming down the pipe. Again, it's not imminent, but this idea that he's going to own the team till he's dead, that that's not going to happen. I don't think. You know, that's a really good point. EJ. I hadn't thought of is if the Knicks win and the Knicks are right now are obviously trending in the right direction. And they're yeah. for the first time in 20 plus years, you can see a pet and we'll talk about the honest stuff in a couple minutes. You can see a pet, whether it's a bead or Giannis or Luca, yeah. maybe there's a path to the Knicks, like already at like level 1.5 to get to level three, you know, to, to become yeah. one of those elite, you know, top tier teams. It's not laughable right now, which is the right. first time you can say that for the first time in a long time. And if the Knicks ever won or were competitive, you know, back-to-back finals appearances, Eastern Conference finals appearances, then an NBA finals appearance, that changes yeah. the whole feel of the, you know, like a lot of the, you know, uh, vibe around the team is, you know, and the, 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 the hatred towards Dolan has been because the team has been so bad and he's kind of been the yeah. poster child um, that people can kind of direct their arrow, you know, the one constant, you know, bad coaching and GMs and players come and go, but the owner's been the same. So he's felt that heat and that hatred for 20 plus years. Nick start winning on a consistent basis and winning big and start being really yeah. competitive for titles that that would change the experience entirely. And that may change the way he views the, the experience. And I think we've even seen some of that even in just this last year, I mean, yeah, when yeah, this yeah. article came out, like, I mean, you mentioned on the podcast, look, he does spend a lot and all like you, you'll mention the positives. I saw people on Twitter when this article came out saying, yes, Dolan doesn't like the Knicks and he may be kind of a sourpuss sometimes, but like he does invest in the team, the team's in the right direction. Like, you know, you really can't say many bad things about him right now. Like winning cures a lot. And this is yeah. a man that's suffered through a lot of losing for 20 years. So I can't imagine that it's that fun to deal with this stuff. Because 
it's only been a miserable experience since he's been right. owner. Now that could change once they start winning, and if it becomes a cons- constant thing, maybe that does change perspective. But I almost wonder. There's a part of me that thinks that Dolan may want to go out on top. That like he may yeah. want to win that championship, and you know at that point, of course, the Knicks would be at their their highest value. And I mean, guess a number. It could be anything at that point. Yeah. If the Knicks win a championship, and then he decides, okay, I'm gonna put the team up for sale. I could see him saying, I'm gonna win the championship. All right, I've done all I, I ever would want to do doing this thing. I'm not gonna give it to somebody else. That 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 is a scenario I can definitely see happening. I mean, if they ever won the championship, imagine like for his, for his last 20 years, for his life essentially, his adult life, he's had to slink in. He's gone to the fanciest restaurants and had the best food, but he's had to go in the back door. And you know, I'm sure he's had to have security around him so he doesn't get not you know yeah. physically stuff, but heckled and harassed, yeah. and, you know, just annoyed to to a certain extent. If he walked into a, a, a you know like a, you know a popular restaurant after the next one championship, there would be a standing ovation. He'd be clapping. Oh yeah, yeah. If he goes to the Carbone after the next one championship i mean it's gonna erupt (laughs) so it's a whole different it's a whole different um idea and landscape for him so uh james dolan it's just is he you know one thing about dolan before we move on is that just like for someone who doesn't talk very much when he talks he gives you everything and from a media standpoint you gotta love him for that like Absolutely. there's some a lot of owners who talk all the time and don't say anything. Right, like right, right, I mean, right. Jerry Jones is a guy who talks all the time and he really doesn't give a lot. Like he kind of does the same old kind of like you know golly shucks kind of stuff. And every now and then he'll give you something. But like that guy talks every day, literally every day, and he doesn't give you much. James Dolan talks once, sometimes every two three years, sometimes once every six seven months. And he's saying I'm banning alcohol and MSG. I don't like owning the Knicks. Yes, facial recognition stuff works. Like, he's saying the craziest stuff. And, you know, as a Knicks fan, it kind of leaves you on edge because, you know, he could swallow a grenade any moment and then say right. something that really hurts the team. But, again, from a media standpoint, it, he does not – he he's he's emptying the clip every time he talks in front of a microphone. It is very interesting. But we talk about the future of this Knicks team and those championship aspirations that may be a lot closer than we think. Giannis watches on at Knicks headquarters. SNY's Ian Bagley says Knicks are, are closely monitoring the situation in Milwaukee as Giannis Antetokounmpo continues to say that his commitment to the Bucs is only conditional on the rest of the organization matching his obsession with winning a championship. He actually said this most recently, um, I believe it was last week, on the 48 Minutes podcast on Believe Network. Here was Giannis on his future with the Bucs. As long as we play and we approach the game, every single day the right way and we all sacrifice for a common goal i can see myself being in milwaukee bucks for the rest of my career but the moment i feel like people are not committed as a, as, as i am to get that uh, golden pin in the back I, I i am not you know i am i'm a milwaukee buck but most importantly i'm a winner i want to win and uh, I have to do whatever it takes for me to win. And if there's a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien, I, I have to take that better situation. Giannis sending out the bat signal to the rest of the league saying, hey, if, if it means I got to go somewhere else to win a championship, I'll do it. So Ian writes, the Knicks could put together a solid trade offer for Giannis. They own the rights to four future first-round picks and have all of their own future first-rounders moving forward. They have a, a players signed to reasonable contracts. He also adds, I assume Knicks have a, a good idea of where they stand if Anthony Kumpo becomes available via trade and that Leon Rose will, quote, have Giannis in mind 
when making future deals. That is a summation from Ian Bagley and how he views the situation. Shout out to Ian Bagley. Of course, he's been a guest on the podcast. Do you think it's a smart approach? Because we talked about several of the we, – we've attached this – Yon. we've talked about this Giannis conversation in several fronts. One thing I think we haven't talked about so much is, is it a smarter approach to potentially hold off on other deals or perhaps maybe think about make moves with the thought of Giannis coming in? Is like, is that is that even a smart approach for the Knicks, given some of their past issues with making moves in this way and then coming up empty-handed? Yeah, I think you have to. I, I think mm. the and and respect to Ian, you know, for the article. But we talked about it. It was last month or, or earlier this month um, when that Times article dropped. And I, yes. I, and if it wasn't, you know, it, maybe the maybe you know Leon Rose and company had 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 caught wind that you know that this was potentially you know Giannis is thinking behind the scenes yeah. you know, through back channels. I don't know, but I, we know. And it's even one thing if they if they have faith and you know that that that's kind of you know that's up going to be on the radar. But when he comes out and says as strongly as he did um, that, listen, either you, you build a championship roster around me here in Milwaukee, or I'm leaving. You know, if we don't have a yeah. chance to win that golden thing, as he says, like I'm out. That's that's that, you know obviously a lot of superstars do it, but Giannis is almost cut from a different cloth in terms of loyalty and his and his backstory and everything. So he was one of those guys that I could have envisioned. Um, it's not a stretch to envision him going the Dirk route, the Kobe route, where he stays right. with one team, uh, you know, his entire career. But him putting the Bucks on notice like that um, was a really strong step, and that you know, and 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 it, it you the Knicks can't help you know it, they would be derelict in their duty if they didn't um, really t- take special attention to that and 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 focus on that. Um, and it's going to come sooner rather than later because yes, he yes. three years left on his deal, um, but he said he's not going to sign an extension tomorrow. Is actually the day in which he's eligible to sign that extension. He said he's not going to do it this offseason. So then you're looking at after this season, the summer of 2024. Um, and if he doesn't sign an extension, then do the Bucks play Russian roulette and have him on a, essentially what would be an expiring contract? Yeah, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I just wouldn't say if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm very nervous about because, if you, you know, if you if you trade him for four future first round picks and quickly and Mitchell Robinson and, you know, uh, uh, Grimes, then, you know, you, you have something to build with. If you lose him in free agency, your franchise is done. So, um, you know, all that stuff um, is, is kind of baked into the cake here. Um, you know, but but to directly answer your question, um, listen, you hold off on a deal for Embiid? I don't think so. Like, if you can get Embiid, you do it. Um, but right. if it's for one of those lesser players, um, then, you know, then maybe you, you hold back. And, and one thing I thought of well, reading the, the rundown for the sheet, um, it's something we've talked about and mentioned in the past six months, year or so. Um, the Knicks' decision not to trade for Donovan Mitchell looks better by the day. It does. It absolutely does. And it's, again, another one of those moves where people want to yell LOL, LOL Knicks. And I, I, I've seen nothing to make me say that they should have made that trade, given yep. what has happened since that trade happened. Uh, Mitchell had a great year with the Cavs, of course, um, but Knicks bounced them in the first round. Knicks now still have all their assets, and now they appear to be better players that are potentially going to spring free and potentially also want to play for the Knicks. So I, I can't and, say that that was a bad And Mitchell can hit free agency in a couple of years. Yeah, and, and by the way, you could also may still get Donovan Mitchell <laughs> and not have to give up anything for him. Yep. So a lot of good things moving in the right, in the right direction for the Knicks. Like, I, I think it's – I think you're right that with certain players, you do have to kind of – say okay look if, if, if this thing is real and it looks like it may be with Giannis, then we got to definitely 
be mindful of that when we make other moves. I also think this Knicks team can definitely afford to do this more than previous yes. teams. Because yes. remember, before, when we're talking about the summer of 2010 with LeBron, you're talking about a team that was, like, bad, stripping it down yes. and saying, all right, we're going to basically have nothing on the books from a team that already was not good, not a playoff team, and hope that people want to come here. Yeah, the key difference then is, okay, we'll get the superstar, and then we'll get all this other stuff yes. around. The Knicks have all the other stuff around it. Now they just need the superstar. Yes. With Kevin Durant, it's like, all right, we'll trade Porzingis, and we'll have basically the worst team in the NBA. But if we get the number one pick, and then right. we'll, you know, KD will just come here. Like, those, that was truly a game of Russian Ruler. That was a high-stakes gamble that both times crapped out you know, spectacularly. This is a different situation because the Knicks are a much better team now. Yeah. So you're not saying, all right, well, like we don't trade for Giannis or we don't trade for not Giannis. Let's say we don't trade for Zach Levine. We will trade for one of these other guys at Carly Towns. That right. means that, you know, uh, we're going to be, you know, a, a bottom feeder. Like the Knicks are already a playoffs caliber team. Yep. They're already a team that can advance in the playoffs. So you don't need to make what I think would be desperate moves for guys who aren't those caliber players, talking about the Giannis's, the Embiid's, you don't need to make those kind of moves when you have what you have in store with the team you have. I think that that changed the whole landscape for how you would approach uh, Giannis flirting with leaving Milwaukee the way he has. Totally. And again, the Knicks were, uh, you know, a couple possessions away in game six from forcing a game yep. seven um, against the team that advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals. And this team as currently constituted, you know, with now DiVincenzo. So, um, again, you have all those other pieces in place. So, you know, and we've talked about it before, why they shouldn't trade for the Levines and, and Towns. You give, bring up two perfect examples of things that the Knicks in the past would have been desperate they to get it. Any, any superstar for the sake of getting a superstar. Yeah. Now they can wait, hold all their assets for the right superstar that can take them from really good team to championship team. Yep. Now, when it comes to the CAA Knicks, as we've called them many times over the past few years, they lost a key member that now has some wondering what the future may hold for one two-time All-Star. So Julius Randle announced he is joining WME. It is a reunion for Julius Randle with a former CAA agent, Andrew Thomas, who used to represent him. He will not represent Randle uh, with WME. Uh, this gentleman, um, Thomas, joined WME in February of 2022. The Knicks, of course, have strong ties with Creative Arts Agency, given its team president, Leon Rose. His former role was head of basketball, with the company, um, and the Knicks have signed various players. They've traded for various players who have been CAA clients. When Cam Reddish was belly aching, some of the stuff you heard from Clutch Sports was this idea that maybe that Knicks favored other agencies than others. Uh, of course, Jalen Brunson, their best player currently, a CAA client. Uh, one key Knicks player who is represented by uh, WME is RJ Barrett, and the agency negotiated Barrett's four-year, 107 million dollar contract extension 120 million uh potentially if he meets certain uh meets certain requirements randall has two more guaranteed years left on his contract before having a player option for 2026 so tommy little deal big deal or no deal that randall left caa 
Yeah, I'd probably go middle deal. Um, listen, it doesn't automatically mean that he's going to demand a trade as soon as the ink is dry on his new representation. But it's also not insignificant because, listen, right. we, we know about the connections between CAA and the Knicks. And they're, you know, Brunson and, and Tibbs and, and uh, Johnny Bryant and, you know, Rick yeah. Brunson and, and, you know, so we, uh, Isaiah Hardenstein. So to say that it's irrelevant would be probably a mis- mischaracterization because, remember, Randall has just two years left on his deal, so they can start talking extension, you know, as early as this season, next yeah. summer. Um, these, then, then these conversations are going to take place. Does that mean that, you know, Leon Rose won't offer him extension because he decides, you know, who's no longer with CAA? Right. It happens a lot. It happens frequent, frequently with players and entertainers. Um, you know, we thought once OG Ananubi signed with CAA, automatically he's going to be a Nick. Um, then there's a fallout. So there's a million other things that can happen. Yeah. Um, so it's worth mentioning. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a factor, um, and it could be a factor and, you know, the comfort level and familiarity, um, and the conversations regarding extensions, et cetera. Uh, but it's certainly not a deal break or, or anything that, you know, we should jump to any conclusions about. Yeah. I, I'm going to say little deal. I'm not going to say big deal. It, it is interesting. I it's mean, interesting. Yeah. it is interesting. I mean, and, and maybe it's just a figment of our own imagination to some degree that, you know, we've followed this CAA mixed connection since really it, it precedes Leon Rose actually it's yes. you know it goes back to the Glenn Grunwald days yes. where like he was signing all these CAA uh clients and there was this word that oh it seems like like the Knicks have this thing with CAA we don't know what's going on so I don't know maybe it's a Dolan thing maybe who knows but either way the Knicks CAA stuff has been a long time thing so to see a player like Julius Randle who is coming up with a contract that should potentially do and the Knicks flirting with all these other big name guys who may be on the trade market. And he changes agencies from what we think is the Knicks' favorite agency. It is interesting. Now, I think when you pierce together some of the details, you say, all right, well, the guy that he's signing yeah. with is a former CAA agent. Yep. I don't know if that means he has a good relationship with, <laughs> with uh, Rose or not, but assume that they did work together and that maybe that would be fine. Maybe it's just that he has a, a certain rapport with this guy. And then when you add that R.J. Barrett, you know, got his extension essentially working with this agency. Maybe yep. it's, you know, Randall looking at what R.J. got and saying, right. all right, I like how they worked with that, especially given there was so much kind of uncertainty about if R.J. was going to be on the team. Because remember, they were negotiating trades with R.J. Barrett during that same time. Maybe he liked how the Knicks handled that. I don't know why you would, but I guess maybe he liked that. And maybe he's saying, well, I- I'll look at what they did and maybe they help me out. Cause I may be in that same situation. Like next summer when the Knicks are going after Giannis or when they're going after Joel Embiid and my name's floated in trade talks, I want to be able to have also have productive contract extension talks because as Randall, he says a lot, he, he likes being a Nick. He might, I don't know how much he loves New York, but he likes being a Nick. Right. So that could be some of this too. I mean, I, I can't think of any extensions that CAA has actually negotiated with the Knicks since those guys have come here. Like, they re-signed Rose and some of those other guys, but like those weren't extensions. So I, I don't. This is, is a different ball game, and maybe Randall's playing it strategically that way. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, let's not. There players switch agencies all the time, so this is obviously you know, and there's there's going to be conflicts of interest. Le, uh, Leon Rose's son Sam represents Obi yeah. You know, so like there's, you know, and they, they still find a way to work together. I'm sure they're going to have Thanksgiving dinner together, et cetera. Um, so at the end of the day, it is a business and both parties are going to do what's best for both parties. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, go crazy about it. 
Yes, it wouldn't go crazy, but definitely noteworthy. And <laughs> I think every Nick fan that saw this thing go down was like, as you said, it's like um that uh, Miranda Cosgrove uh, meme of her with the with the cup drinking at the tea at the laptop, looking at it just like, yep, interesting. I think yeah, that's yeah. what everyone thought, you know, or the or the wind horse, the the you know the finger points. So um, we'll keep the continue to file what's going to happen with Julius Randle, but. He does have a new agency, and I think we will have to continue to see if that impacts his future with the Knicks. But that's going to do it for this edition of Orange and Blue Bloods. So thank you guys for checking us out. Of course, um, if you like this episode, you can catch this episode wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you get the auto-download feature on your streaming service to get these episodes every time we drop. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube. You can find us on the um, WFN channel and the uh, WFN channel where you'll find us on YouTube. We have full episodes. We have shorts from the episode posted on there. So if you want to watch the podcast uh, as opposed to listening to it or listen to it and then watch the podcast, you can head over to the YouTube channel to do that. Tommy, let the people know where they can find you. Uh, at Tommy Beer on Twitter. And make sure you subscribe to that What's on Tap newsletter, Substack newsletter. Yes, make sure you definitely do that. I'm uh, EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter. Action EJ on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. Thank you guys again so much for checking us out. For Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.